Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. This episode is brought to you by the Boneyard Huskies Club. The Boneyard Huskies Club empowers athletes while providing UConn fans with access to exclusive community, utility, and rewards. The Boneyard Huskies Club is excited to announce the next collection of student-athlete collectibles, which grant club membership privileges, will feature UConn men's basketball players and drop on January 9th, 2023. For more information, go to BoneyardHuskiesClub.com. That's Huskies with a YZ at the end. BoneyardHuskiesClub.com. All right, excited to have another episode here and another former UConn men's basketball player and Ed Nelson joining us today. Ed, welcome to the podcast. Ah, glad to be here. Glad yeah. to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for I, having me. Absolutely. Glad to have you, especially. I, I think you might have been the, the reason this team uh, pulled out such a big win at Florida last week. Oof, I, I don't know. I don't know if that was because I was there. <laughs> I, I was I was in the stands with the fans. But um, no, yeah, what a great experience. Um, you know, my Huskies come to Florida. I got to be there. So I live in yeah. Fort Lauderdale. We took the five hour drive up north. And yeah, we had a great time watching the team. That's awesome. I, I want to start by looking back at, at your UConn career. I mean, you, you transferred into UConn well before, you know, transferring was the thing and the portal was all out there. So what was it like transferring back at the time when, when you made that decision? Oh, man. It was, yeah, it was a lot different back then. It was a lot, you know, it was a lot different back then. Um, yeah, I transferred in. Um, you know, UConn at that time was number one in America. Very talented. Um, I kind of you know, my vision at that time was, you know, Mecca was in his final year. Um, I would I would take that year, um, develop my game and and, you know, step in with a with a title contender. So, uh, you know, that was you know, that was uh, the plan from from day one when I made that move. So you, you get to UConn. I, I've heard horror stories about some of the practices Coach Calhoun would run. What was what was your first UConn practice like? Oof, it was. You know, I'm going to say it was with Hootie and Cemetery Hill. <laughs> so, yeah, back in the day, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't know if they still do it, but we used to run Cemetery Hill. And uh, that was my, you know, experience. And, you know, I'll give Georgia Tech credit. We had some tough morning workouts, but um, I'll just n- never forget the early morning runs up Cemetery <laughs> Hill with the team. Um, that was pretty tough. And, uh yeah, that first week to kick off the season, very intense, a lot of hours in the gym practicing, um, very competitive. So that's that's the thing when you have so many talented players like we had at that time. Yeah, you know, there was no room for relaxing. It was we were competing every day, and we were all making each other better. I think one of the interesting things you mentioned was you know, you had that year where you were going up against a mecca in practice. You know, got to work it work out against him what was that like because i think it's interesting because we've heard the stories of how this year with adama sonogo and donovan Klingon, they're going up against each other and they feel like it's helping them become better players so what was it like for you working out with the mecca all the time oh 100 i mean i was coming off the acc where you know i was battling with the guys from duke and lonnie baxter at maryland a lot of big bodies that you know i was playing with chris bosh so when I went to UConn, you know, me and Emeka, we we worked out every day. I think even, you know, Coach Moore, the coaches and even the teammates can say, you know, every day in practice scrimmages, it was, you know, Ed versus Emeka. Uh, we were banging. We were going we were going head to head. Um, it really helped me. I know I know it helped him, but it also raised the level of the new guys. You know, we had freshmen coming in, Josh Boone. We had Charlie Villanueva. Uh, we had Hilton Armstrong. 
Rudy Gay. I mean, listen, it's, it's, you know, every time I look back, you know, I always think, you know, every guy that played in front of me was the first <laughs> round NBA draft. Pick. So, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of how the cards fell, but um, we raised each other's level. And during yeah. that, during my sit out year, um, you know, I was excited. Um, but at that same time, you know, guys like Josh Boone, Charlie Villanueva, you know, they had a final four national championship run. So, you know, going into the year I was eligible, you know, you have two young guys who were just on the team and contributed to a national championship team. Yeah. Then I got a six foot 11 guy, Hilton Armstrong, that <laughs> I'm battling with him for minutes. And, uh, you know, it's 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 funny. A lot of talent. I mean, you, a lot of people forget, too. At that time, uh, um, Andrew Bynum even committed. Yeah. So we had Andrew Bynum wanting to join the big man party over there. <laughs> yeah. So. Just, yeah, you know, when you surround yourself with a lot of talented players, um, there's only one way you're going, and that's up. And um, I think that's what's happening now at UConn um, with, with Sonogo and uh, with Donovan, too. As you made that move from the ACC to the Big East, I know the Big East is a bit different back when, when you played. It was really known for just the physicality. How much of a jump was it going from the ACC to the Big East and the, the differences in the way these conferences kind of played? Uh, you know, f- for me, uh, you know, I thought the Big East, uh, the big men, you know, at that time were seven footers, six yeah. ten, six eleven. Um, the ACC, uh, when I was there, you know, we had Carlos Boozer. I mean, big guy, but you know, six nine body. Yeah. Bonnie Baxter, six eight. Um, we had a guy, Travis Watson, at Virginia, about six six. So, you know, at that time, you know, the big men in the ACC were, you know, kind of undersized bruisers. Um, the big men in the Big East. I mean, we had Roy Hibbert, like, you know, yeah. a lot of seven footers, you know, a lot of, you know, big, burly seven footers um, that really, you know, alters a lot of shots in there. So, you know, I consider myself, you know, a bruiser, an undersized big man. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, going against the seven footers, you know, it can cause a, it can cause you, you know, a bit of a challenge. When you look back at, at your UConn career, I mean, I mean, you mentioned all those guys that were there with you. Who was your favorite teammate that you had on those teams? Oof. You know, I, I, I can't pick one. I can't <laughs> pick one. I mean, I got along great with all the guys. I mean, Rudy, I mean, me and Rudy were really close. We still are. Um, you know, he actually lived down here for a lot of deal with his family for a while. So, you know, I'd visit him at his house and, um, you know, we'll get our families together. But, you know, I, I got along with everyone. And yeah. and you know what? That's that's a true identity of a team. We we really bonded. Um, we didn't have too many egos on the team. I mean, someone like myself, I wanted to play the whole game, but I understood that, you know, in order in order for us to be successful, you know, sometimes I have to bite my tongue about minutes and just yeah. get out there and work hard every day. And you know, that really, you know, that your teammates see that selflessness and that's kind of what pushed us you know, to be great, all of us. So, you know, that's the mentality, you know, good teams have. Yeah. What was your favorite moment during your playing career at UConn? And anything like stand out to you as you look back at like, this was like the, the highest of highs you had there? Um, I would say, oof, there's a lot of good moments. I mean, on the Big East tournament in the garden, those were always special. A couple big wins versus Syracuse at home yeah. and Gamble that were, that were special. Um, you know, personally, game-wise, I, I remember, I think I was player of the game. We played NC State in the 2005 and, um, you know, that's kind of where, you know, I, I kind of felt like myself again. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I made a couple of mistakes. Coach Calhoun kept me out there. I started gaining some confidence and, um, you know, had a really good game. Um, I still think to this day I got a charge against Julius Hodge at the end, but, <laughs> you know, you never get those calls with four or five seconds left. So now that I'm older, I realize that. But, um, no, too many special moments, too many yeah. special moments. And when you get older, those are the moments, you know, it's the fun moments too, the the Maui Invitational, the the road trips and hanging out on the plane, travel. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I remember now too. So it's just collectively, they're all special moments to me. I bet. I bet. When I, I'm curious from a player's perspective, because from a fan's perspective, I always loved going to games and seeing Coach Calhoun always fighting for you guys. He he was always fiery there on the sideline. What's it like oh, from a player's perspective during a game when you, you, you see him, whether it's going after a ref or giving someone a quick hook? What, what What's it like on the sideline there? It's intense. <laughs> <laughs> it's intense. It's intense. And, and, you know, it's even more intense when you have a lot of talented guys in your position. Yeah, so there's uh, there's no room for mistakes. Let's say that. So <laughs> um, I always try to I always try to be that glue guy, that hustle guy. Um, but again, you know, it, it, it was it was challenging. Um, it was challenging. But, you know, you know, when my career ended and I played overseas and I played in Europe, um, you know, all those challenges coach Calhoun brought to us, you know, at the professional level, you know, I, I could see where he was getting at. Um, so, you know, all, all those were life lessons for, for us in the future. Um, I think that's why you see a lot of coach Calhoun's pros. Um, mm-hmm. They're all successful. And, and let's not forget, let's not forget about his pros that didn't go into the NBA, but they, they were very successful overseas because, yeah. you know, there's a lot of us that, that were kind of sleepers over there um, with not much notoriety but um, we, a lot of us made a name for ourselves overseas. Yeah. What was it like going to play overseas? And uh, I'm always curious to dive into you know those experiences a little bit too, because I, I feel like it's got to be quite different. Uh, actually, for me, it was fun. Um, for me, it was fun because, you know, I, I, I flirted around with football for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I went to the St. Louis Rams. Um, you know, I, I, I signed a, a two-year deal and went to mini camp and, um, never played football in my life. So um, just like I said, it was it was a great experience. Um, but at the same time, I was getting offers in Europe to play basketball. And uh, I'll never forget the coach told me, um, you know, Ed, I think you have potential. You know, we, we could throw you on the practice squad, maybe NFL Europe. But, you know, he sat me down. And he said, son, if I'm your father, um, have yeah. you ever been tackled before? And I said, no. <laughs> And I said, Coach, I never even put on a helmet, to be honest with you. <laughs> and he said, if I was your father, you know, I would, uh, you know, maybe consider your options over in Europe because yeah. I don't want to mess up a 10, 15 year career uh, with you having a career ending injury in minicamp or yeah. you know, preseason. So, so, yeah, I went over to Europe. Uh, my agent sent me. I actually had a good amount of offers, um, you know, but I, I went to the right league in the beginning. I went to Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, played in the Bundesliga, played against some Euroleague teams and played real well. And uh, that kind of set my path. And I kind of made made a name for myself as just being a tough player, um, a team guy, um, started scoring again and, and rebounding, building that confidence. And, you know, that that kind of jump start started my career off the bat. Where's your favorite place that you played overseas? Oof, I played a lot of places, you know, played Italy, played in Spain, uh, Germany, Argentina. Um, I will say, I would say Argentina. Okay. 
I loved Argentina, you know, after playing about four or five years, you know, I learned, you know, you know, don't, no need to bounce around to many different countries, find yeah. a place you like, find a club you like, um, you know, it's, it's good to have stability when you're playing this sport. So uh, I was playing um, in Bahia Blanca. It's Manu Ginobili's hometown. Okay. Um, and I went over there with a really good point guard, played at Temple named Pepe Sanchez. Mm-hmm. He was one of the top ACB players. And uh, he went back to his hometown in Argentina to play. I went with him and I had no reason to leave. You know, he was passing the ball, um, played the game the right way. Um, so that season I led the country in scoring. Oh, wow. Um, was MVP of the league. And uh, yeah, that kind of set set my path forward in Argentina where I stayed for five years. I feel like from, you know, flicking around and seeing different overseas games, it seems like the, the crowds are pretty intense overseas. Where's the toughest yeah. uh, crowd that, that you faced? Ah, man. I'd actually say this is a funny story. Um, this is in when I was in college, I went to China. George okay. Blaney wanted to give me some runs, and I played with the ESPN All Stars in China. And um, I never forget, we went over there, had some good players on my team Travis Diener, um, Novak, uh, some other guys, you know, yeah. that were pretty good. Guy Taylor Coppenrath from, I think he was from Vermont. And we went to China, and, uh, you know, we're 19, 20 year old guys and um we went into these gyms where there's 15 20 000 people and there's fires going off in the stands <laughs> and i'll never forget i um i went into the game and they had a player about seven foot tall and i'm like man i didn't even know there were seven foot out here <laughs> and uh the guy was very awkward but he kept swinging his elbows oh. and uh, he connected with me once and i was like all right you know i'll, I'll let that go and then i remember a couple possessions later he got the rebound. He swung his elbows again. And uh, on that swing, he actually split my eye open. Oh, geez. so I went to the bench. The doc is cleaning up my eye. The coach says I'm done. And I looked at the coach and I said, coach, there is no way I'm done. Patch my eye up. <laughs> I go, I just need one more minute out on the court. <laughs> and so it's probably the coach's fault. He gave me that one minute. I went out there and uh, ran down the court. And I gave that guy a good, good little bump, knocked him to the floor, benches cleared out. And uh, basically, yeah, we almost had a riot in Beijing, China. And oh, uh, I started it. So good thing we weren't on the news that night. Yeah. You, just, you just gave him a little Big East treatment there. Uh. Big East treatment. Put him on the deck. I know he was, and he was probably about seven foot, 300 pounds. He was a big oh, guy. Okay. But, yeah. Enough's right, enough with that one. That was a funny story from overseas, though. I got to see if there's a way to dig that up on YouTube or somewhere. Uh, uh, yeah. We, <laughs> This is 2004, you know, footages get lost. I I doubt you'll find it. Uh, Speaking of tough places to play, I mean, the Big East had a ton of hostile environments. Where was the toughest road place to go play in the Big East? Toughest road place. Uh, You know, for me, it was always a carrier dome. Okay. And I played there when I was at Georgia Tech, played against Carmelo Anthony there. Um, I, the carrier dome was always tough just for the size, just for the backdrop behind the basket. Um, it's very open. Um, mm-hmm. so court wise, you know, that was a tough place to play. Um, I played at Duke, I played Maryland, North Carolina, but I'll just say for me, it's always, I always struggled playing at Syracuse just because of the size of the dome and the backdrop kind of throw, always threw me off a bit. Yeah. I, I, I've got to ask too. I know you mentioned the uh, the NFL stint there for a little bit. How did you yep. go from having never played football to to even getting an offer to go to minicamp with the Rams? 
Well, you know, it happened where during the end of my senior season, Coach Calhoun, you know, told me, you know, that and and I think at practice, I've I see a couple guys with, you know, the, you know, the New York Jets logo or the (laughs) New England Patriots. And, you know, they're hanging by the door and and I felt like eyes were on me. I think they were kind (laughs) of judging my character after practice. And it was a little odd. And then, um, you know, we I think we're on the road. And, you know, Calhoun pulled me aside and he said, hey, I just want to let you know that, you know, there's some football coaches that are watching you and a couple of agents reached out. So um, when the season was over, um, Coach Coach Calhoun sat me down. Um, an age, I met with an agent. His name was Joe Linta, top agent at the time. I think he represented Joe Flacco, guys like that. So he was a legit yeah. agent. And uh, right there, he I did a little combine, a private workout with him and and his team of people from his agency. Finished the workout, and I'll never forget. He looked at Coach Calhoun, and he basically said, "This guy's gonna get picked up. He he has what it takes." So um, I had about a month of training. Um, did a little mini combine on campus with all the NFL scouts, and um, after my workout, I had. A lunch at Friendly's on campus with the uh, <laughs> tight ends coach for the Chargers and pretty much knew on draft day that, you know, whether drafted in the last round as a mystery pick or yeah, um, as a free agent, I knew I was going to go that day because I had some, you know, some soft guarantees, um, yeah. you know, during that time. So that's why I ran with it. So did you actually go through any of the mini camp process or? Sure. Yeah, I went um, went to some OTAs and then I went to rookie minicamp. And um, like I said, um, you know, the I signed a two year deal, two year deal with them. Um, but again, it was just, you know, the playbook looked like it was Chinese writing for me. I, yeah. And I'll never forget, even when I sat with Scott Linehan, he's like, you know, son, you're so talented. You're, you're hanging right in and on, on, on all the individual drills. And he goes, but have you ever played video games? Have you ever played Madden? I go, to be honest with you, no, I haven't. I wish I did, though. You know, I, the book would be a, become a lot clearer to me. Um, so, you know, I, but at the end of the day, I made the right decision because, you know, you got to do what you love. And basketball is my passion. Bas- basketball what, is what I love. So, yeah, uh, I went overseas and, and explored the world. How, how did an NFL practice compare to one of Coach Calhoun's practices? To be honest, you know, the practice wasn't that bad. <laughs> I, I, I say this to this day. I mean, the practice, you know, granted, I think I was fourth to fifth string, but, you know, you, you get two reps, then you come out and you wait about 10 minutes. You go back in, get two reps, <laughs> come out. I was like, man, this ain't, this, this isn't this that life, bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and listen, uh, a gasser is not as bad as a suicide, you know, in 30 <laughs> seconds, 24 seconds, uh, however we had to do it. So, yeah. Calhoun had me prepared for the conditioning aspect. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's great. I, I want to ask now, you know, we saw the story come out last week. You got to go meet with the team down, uh, yep. down at Florida. How's it been starting to connect with, with coach Hurley and this team and uh, getting to interact with them a bit, man, you know, coach Hurley, you know, his, his energy is just contagious. I mean, he, his energy is, is something like I've never seen. And, and, you know, hats off to him. You know, right now on staff, Coach Moore is kind of, you know, our guy, you know, for the yeah. players back in the day, you know. And Coach Moore does a great job of of keeping in touch with us. You know, anytime we need anything, you know, we know we can lean on him. And um, like I said, I mean, that staff, the coaching staff, um, from Coach Hurley to the managers, I mean, it's first class. Um, you know, they they always treat you so well. They treat my family well. 
Um, but you know, Coach Hurley, it's I met him I think six years when he first took over at okay. the alumni game in Connecticut. And um, you know, we shared some words and you know, I think he used to see me play when I was younger and yeah. you know, he's like, you know, oh, I loved your style of play. You know, you you were a hard worker, hard player, and you know. I gave it right back to him. I go, I love your style of coaching. I mean, I, I love your energy. You know, he's a guy I would I would love to play for. Um, but you know what? He has that team. You know, they're, they're all bought in. Yeah. I mean, one thing I can tell you about, you know, being at that game at Florida, um, meeting with a lot of the guys, seeing the guys um, in the locker room. I mean, this is a tight grip unit. I mean, they are locked in. Um, they believe in coach. Coach believes in them. And um, it's just a very special group. It's a very special group. Yeah. Who uh, who stood out to you as you you know in that game? I know a number of guys had some great performances in that game, but anyone uh, in particular stand out to you? Um, you know what? I, I'm I'm impressed by everybody. I mean, the freshmen, yeah, um, Alex and and Donovan. I mean, the basketball IQ for for these freshmen is you know that's just a beauty you know to my eyes. I mean, especially the way you know, AAU basketball is nowadays. And yeah, uh, to see skilled, fundamentally sound freshmen come in, um, hats off to their coaches in high school, hats off to our coaching staff, because I mean, they are, they're a high IQ guys for freshmen. And I'm very impressed with both of those guys. Um, Sonogo, love his, love his toughness. Um, Andre uh, Jackson is just, I mean, who wouldn't want him on their team? I mean, that guy is just, he's all over the place. Um, you know, then you got Hawking. I mean, listen, Joey, I mean, they're, they're doing so well. They're all yeah. turning in. Everyone, you know, I know the whole roster. You know, that's how uh, good they are. You know, it's, uh, they're really doing a great job. So super proud. Um, and yeah, they got a big season ahead of them. They're going to, they're going to be tough this year. Yeah. You, you've been a part of, you know, some, some really good UConn teams. So what's it like playing now where, you know, some of these UConn teams in the past have gone kind of a little bit under the radar. But what's it like playing as a team where now, like, you kind of got that target on your back. You're going to be going on the road in the Big East like you're everyone's big game right now. So what's it like being a part of a team like that where you can't necessarily play the underdog card much more? Yeah, you know, I never think UConn has the underdog card. I, you know, we, we built a strong tradition. But but definitely, I definitely understand what you're talking about. Yeah, they they have a target on their back. Um, you know, they haven't, especially the young guys, you know, they haven't seen that, you know, end of game adversity yet. Yeah. You know? And, and um, you know, those are the things you look at. But again, I mean, I have so much confidence in that coaching staff and, you know, you know, Hurley really does. He has these guys together, um, you know, just looking at when the coaches spoke after the game. I mean, you see 17 young adults sitting on that chair and they're looking through their coach's eyes. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I can guarantee you 99% didn't know who I was when I spoke and <laughs> sure they had to Google me after, but it didn't matter. They, they hear alumni and all 17, 18 of them are looking right through my eyes, nodding their head. Um, you know, it, it's a family and it's a culture that Hurley is building that, um, you know, I'm a believer. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm really a believer in this team, you know, so I, they, they're going to have a good season. That's great for for Continue what you to have a good season. Yeah, yeah. For, for what you can't, what you feel uh, comfortable sharing. What was your message to these guys after the game? Just you know what, just to you know they're playing at a high level, and just to keep it that way. You know, stay tight, stay together. Like like I told you, you you got to leave 
you know, all personal wants aside and you got to have that team mentality because, you know, once your teammates see that, you know, you become one unit mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and that's what they have now. They're, it's it's selfless basketball. You know, it's they're playing collectively as a team, really good how they share the ball. Um, and that's why glue guys like Andre Jackson on a team like this is so important. Um, so again, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot to be excited for this season and it's just a hats off to the staff and, you know, you always got to give credit to these high school coaches too, because these two freshmen that came in, I mean, they're, they're ready to play ball. You know, they're, they're, they're skilled for, for being freshmen and it's, it's very impressive. Yeah, I know, especially when you when you think of Donovan, too, especially from your perspective, being a big guy, I feel like in the college game, it's usually the bigger guys who who need a little bit of time to get adjusted to the oh, yeah, college yeah. game. Yeah, no, and, and that's and that, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, when you look back at seven footers and, and let me tell you, he's uh, I mean, I think what's he listed at seven, two? two yeah, he, he might be seven, four or seven, five. I don't know. Or maybe <laughs> I'm getting older and shorter. I don't know what it is. But um, let me tell you, he's he's every bit of seven foot two. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just looking back at the history of bigs, I mean, you know, the the beat needed a couple years. Right. To, yeah. to get his footwork down and develop. And I mean, man, you can go back to what Travis Knight. But I, I think, uh, you know, elephant in the room here. I think we have potentially the best, you know, one of the top seven footers ever to come through UConn right now. And so he's a blessing to have. Yeah. And, and to come in so skilled as a freshman, it's it's it's, you know, it's it's impressive. For sure. And just just wait until uh, coming years with, with the way that basketball is now. They're, they're going to be having him shoot threes, uh, you know, soon. You, you never know. Well, yeah. Yeah. That, and that's another thing. Um, it's always funny because I always say there, there were there was there was a while there, probably an eight year stretch where I was that typical old guy. Yeah. If, if I was on the team now, I'd be playing 35 minutes a game. I mean, I remember I said that the year after I graduated. I'm like, man, Jeff needs to be out there like if. If I was still eligible, this is probably the first time I don't say that anymore because <laughs> Adama and Donovan, they got that they got that big man spot held down pretty good. Yeah, so, uh-huh. yeah they're talented. I'll tell you that. Oh, well, Ed, I really appreciate you taking some time to come on. This is fun looking back at, at your time at UConn and looking at this team this year. So I appreciate the time and uh, hope to see you up here at a game sometime soon. No, uh, you will. Yep. Husky family forever. So you'll you'll be seeing a lot of me. So awesome. Um, we'll love to see it. All right. So, hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks, Ed. All right. Yep. We'll Go Huskies. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.